My name's Sai, one of the leaders here. I want to wish you a happy new year and I hope you had a good Christmas time. Who here, I want you to raise your hands up for, for these questions. Who here over Christmas time had to do a lot of driving? Okay, not as many as I thought, but uh, okay, a few of you had to do a lot of driving. Okay, so who here over Christmas time got nagged at for how they drove over Christmas time? Oh, a few hands went straight up there, yeah, okay, oh, some people are standing up, yeah, okay, mainly men, you may have noticed as you look around the room, okay. This requires real honesty now, guys. Real honesty, Christchurch. Who here knows that it was right that they were nagged at for how they drove over Christmas time because they had lost focus? Yes, yes, yes. I'm in, I'm in there too. Well, guys, you who admitted to it, you can sit there smug because today I'm going to speak on lying. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, I'm going to speak on living for the age to come and how, what that particularly looks like for us at Christchurch at this time. But as always, with my little stories that, or analogies that I give or anyone uh, gives who's speaking, there is a point to them. Sometimes you might think, what on earth was the point of that? But there is a point to it, and I'll make it very clear. You see, when you've been driving for a while, and I mean in terms of number of years, you, it becomes automatic, doesn't it? To dri- the actual act of driving becomes very easy. You don't need to think about it. And because you don't need to think about it, particularly when you're driving on the motorway or something like that, you, if you're honest, may sometimes get a little bit distracted. You may sometimes, your focus may be elsewhere other than on actually driving itself. And um, you you get so distracted sometimes that you only suddenly last minute realize, oh, there's a turning, I need need to come off. Or... You're, you realize when your wife says to you, or your husband, uh, we were equal here, or your husband may say to you, isn't that the turning deer that we were supposed to go off? You're like, oh no, yes, because you've got distracted where you're going. You've lost focus, and you've ended up on a road that you didn't want to be on. And you know, the same can be true in your Christian life. You know, you can, you can lose focus on Jesus sometimes the longer that you have been walking with him. Yes, you do all the Christian stuff. You do your mirror signal, mirror maneuver of the good Christian life. You know, you go to church, you go to life group, midweek group. You go to, uh, you pray sometimes, you read your Bibles and that sort of thing. You do that, but then you go about living your life for yourself or for something else. Your focus has gone off Christ. You do the things that you know you should do, but then your focus actually for what you're living for is on something else. You've become distracted. Your life is no longer centered around Jesus, the person who it should be centered around. And my friends, this should not be for any of us. The Apostle Paul tells us this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is true for all of us, or should be true for all of us, if we've become Christians. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man if he was to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can man give in return for his soul? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. You, could saw, you saw an example of that with Paula, didn't you? The, the sadness in leaving, but she is denying herself, taking up her cross and following Jesus in what Jesus has led her to do. My friends, whatever you let distract you in your life, whatever you let your focus come off Jesus and go on to, my friends, don't do it. Because even if it was to lead you gaining the lead to you gaining the whole world, what would it profit you if you forfeited your soul? Eternal, your eternal future compared to temporary pleasure. My friends, let's not be those people who get distracted, or at least, because we all get distracted a little bit from time to time, let's be those people who are quick to correct it when we do. As it says in Hebrews 12, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus set us the example in living for the age to come and focusing on God. You know, at the beginning of his ministry, when he's in the wilderness, he gets tempted by the devil. And basically, the devil says to him, I'll give you the whole world if you just do it my way. But Jesus doesn't, does he? He says, get, get, get lost, basically. Serve the Lord. Only he stayed focused on pleasing God. What about you this morning, my friends? Just honestly assess your own heart. God knows anyway. You might as well be honest with yourself. Just be honest of what, where you are at. Has things come in as they can do and cause you to get distracted, cause your focus to be lost? Or are you somebody who said, no, no, I'm crucifying myself so that I can follow Jesus. I'm denying myself so that I go wherever God wants me to, to, to go. I am following his lead. You see, you won't regret it if you do, because Jesus says that if we lose our lives for his sake and the gospels, then we will save it. Jesus will save you when you put your faith and your trust in him. That's the hope that we have in, in Jesus. But the outworking of true faith in Jesus is, is a life of increased surrender and focus on Jesus. Because that's what the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you, is wanting to produce 
in your life. You know, Steve excellently last week talked about the transforming power of God and spoke about revival. And who here wants to see revival here amongst us? A few of you, most of us. Good, good. I want to see it. I want to see God's transforming power break out in Helsham and the surrounding area, in the nation, and even the nations. But God often starts with his people. He starts with you and me. My friends, let's be a people who keep our hearts soft before God. Let him mold us. Let him shape us. Let him change us and speak to us. Let's not get distracted in our focus. You see, as Christians, we are called to live for eternity, to live for the age to come, where we will get, we'll be given new perfected bodies that are clothed in immortality. We'll live on a renewed and a perfected world where righteousness dwells and will be there forever. God himself will be there and we will enjoy the blessings of almighty God forever and ever and ever. It doesn't get better than that, my friends. But for the time being, you and I have the privilege and the joy as his people of doing his work, of doing his bidding here on earth. And as we do that, the Bible tells us we're building up for ourselves a rich inheritance here on earth. Which leads me to the second main thing that can distract us. Which is, Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. You see, your, your heart always follows where your treasure is, where you're investing in. Your heart will be. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. How much is your focus on the things of God and on the age to come? You know, a typical British family spends, on average, around £800 a year on Christmas. The average British family spend around £5,000 on going on holiday each year. The average family spends around £8,400 on their mortgage or on, on renting. And the average family spends around £6,240 on leisure pursuits, according to the Office of National T Statistics. Well, bearing in mind the average salary that people get, that's 25% of a typical family's salary going on leisure pursuits. And yet, a typical churchgoer only gives around £600 a year, less than 2.5% of their income to church. My friends, don't kid yourself. Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a house or nice holidays or, or uh, leisure pursuits. Of course you should have those things. And God wants you to have those things. But, you know, they need to find their rightful place. We should be seeking first the kingdom 
And everything else finds its place after that. So what you feel God is calling you, or what you've decided in faith that you should be giving to God, should come first. And everything else find its rightful place after that. Knowing that as you do that, you're laying up for yourself a rich, eternal reward. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You will naturally become more concerned about the age to come as you invest more in the age to come. You know, I heard it said, that, and it's very true, that you cannot take your wealth with you when you die, but you can send it on ahead of you. Think about it. Be honest with yourselves, my friends. Jesus is very clear in his words. Whilst Jesus was amongst us, do you know, he taught on money more than any other subject apart from the kingdom of God, which we'll start our kingdom of God series in two weeks, which I'm really excited about looking at with, the, with you guys. However, 16 out of the 38 parables address the subject of money. It's roughly one in every 10 verses in the Gospels. Such is a temptation of the deceitfulness of wealth to make us unfruitful for the things of God. It's that serious, my friends, which is why I'm addressing it this morning. People think, oh, if only I had a little more, then I'd give more. Don't, don't kid yourselves. You're putting the order the wrong way round there. You're serving the wrong master. Jesus says, you cannot serve God and money. Decide in your heart how much God is wanting you to invest in the age to come first, then let everything else find its rightful place after that. God calls us to be cheerful givers into the kingdom of God. You know, in the Old Testament, it prescribed 10% of what you earn to give to God. But in the New Testament, the emphasis isn't on a percentage, but it's on the how much more have we received in Christ. So how much more do we have faith to give to God? The poor widow was praised, not because she just gave a penny, but she gave all that she had to God and trusted him for the rest. What is God calling you to give this year? And I'm saying this today, and Jesus addresses it so much because of our tendency to be distracted by our wealth. But yet once we get our finances focused on the age to come, once we get that part of our life sorted, so many other areas of our life find their rightful place and fall into their rightful place. So my encouragement to you is to be hilarious, cheerful givers to God this year. You won't regret it if you do. And actually, God will reward you and you'll be building up for yourselves a rich reward in the age to come. God wants you and he wants me focused on living for the age to come, investing your time and your energies and your finances there. Okay, so that's what distracts us. So how do we do this, uh, each one of us? Well, by living your normal life, but living every area for Jesus, focused on Jesus. 
If you're married here this morning, give me a wave if you're married. Yeah, lots of us married in the room. Again, it requires honesty. If you're honest, you yourself know that you're annoying, don't you? I know you're annoying. No, no, I'm joking. I know I'm annoying. I know I'm annoying. But actually, then don't be surprised that your spouse finds you annoying as well. And the flip side of that is don't be surprised that you annoy your spouse and that they're going to annoy you. But you see, ultimately, in your marriage, let's be looking to try and glorify Jesus. With the help of his Holy Spirit, let's try and curb those things that we know annoy our spouse and let's try to serve them instead. This pleases God much more than when you give your spouse what for. Actually, if you do that, if you try and serve them instead, it pleases God. If you're single here this morning, you know it massively pleases God when you live for him, when you live and say, no, I'm not going to give in to the, the culture of our age, which is, you know, I'll just go out and have sex, I'll go out and get drunk, I'll go out and do loads of wild things. No, no, when you say, no, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to live and give my life for him. Do you know, that pleases God massively. If you're a student here today, if you're studying, then work hard for your tutor, as if you were working for the Lord, as if Jesus was your teacher, because the Bible tells us, actually, that's how he sees it. If you're employed here today, you work hard for your employers as well. You work hard for them, as to the Lord. Try and be a good representative in your workplace and amongst your friends of Jesus. That's how you live, focused on him. If you're retired here today. What a great opportunity to serve God with the health and the time that God has given you. You can build up for yourselves a rich, eternal reward as you serve him here and now. For he has specific things for you to do. He has specific things for each one of us to do. If you're breathing in the room today, hands up if you're still breathing. Yeah, everyone's still alive. Good, good. Yeah, we're, that's, that's good. Um, then uh, God has things for you to do. He's in control of each one of our days that we are alive. The Bible says each day is in his book. And if you're still alive, he still has good works for you to do. And he still wants to do good works in your life as well. You see, there are things that he has for you to do, and there are things that he has called us to do together here at Christchurch. There are things that God wants you involved with. In fact, a lot of what God has called you to do individually will be caught up with us as a church, because it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is being displayed. You see, we're saved individually through putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, as we recognize what he did for us on the cross, that he died to, to save us, and we put our faith in him, we get forgiven of our sins, but we also get adopted into a family. So we're saved individually through faith, but we're saved into a family where God has a part for each one of us to play as we work together to build 
the kingdom of God. And let me remind you what God has called us to do here at Christchurch, what we feel God has called us to do. And many of you input in, had an input into this as well over the years. So what we feel God has called us to is to share the love of Jesus in Helsham. If you want to go on to the next slide, it should appear on the next slide. Share the love of Jesus in Helsham and beyond by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. This is the vision of this church. This is what we we feel called to do. It sums up all that we are as a church. And how do we go about doing that? Well, there's four key values that God has given us that we, we hold dear as a church, and that is love, build, serve, and celebrate. Loving God, each other, and all that he brings our way as we look to build up the family of God into a vibrant, mature community of believers who are serving God, each other, and those that he brings across our path, especially the poor and the nations, while celebrating all that God is and is doing amongst us. That's, that's how we go about doing it. And the culture that we feel God is calling us to build here is one that is a Bible-based, spirit-filled, worshipful family that is welcoming to all, sending people out who we have equipped to do great things for God whilst being thankful to God for all that he is doing and all that other people are doing in their service for him. That's what God has called us to. So let's make sure that we give ourselves afresh to doing these things and, as, and being these sorts of people as we go about doing all that God has called us to this year. But you see, this year I believe God is also wanting to turn up the temperature of what he is doing amongst us. He's going to accelerate what he is doing in you and what he is doing through you as well. You know, on um, Thursday night, uh, God gave me an image, and it was the image of a, of a, a gas uh, ring, gas hob ring, and it, uh, and it was just, it, it was just, you know, they're burning away quite happily, and then, and then all of a sudden, it was turned up, and the, the, the flames came out roaring even more. And I just felt God saying, "I'm going to turn up what the temperature and what I'm doing amongst you." And there's four areas that I think God is going to be doing this in us as a church this year. Firstly, in ourselves, in you, and in, in me. God is wanting to turn up the temperature of what he is doing in your life. His spirit is wanting to, you to, to, he's wanting to enable you to know more of the love of God in your life. God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love, and he wants you to know more of his love in your heart. And likewise, he wants to increase your love for him and for his people as well. I believe God is going to do that in us this year. I believe that he is going to give us fresh grace to live for him. For some of you, that means fresh grace to walk free 
from the things that you have been struggling with for years. God's going to give you freedom, even this morning, to, to begin to walk on a new path. I believe there's fresh power from heaven to help us to live a righteous and a holy life for Jesus this morning as we follow the Spirit's lead amongst us. And as we do this, God will shine through us brighter and brighter. Receive, my friends, fresh grace this morning from God. Actually, let me just pray for you. Just put your hands out uh, in front of you. Just pray now. Father, thank you that you love us, Lord God. We only love you because you first loved us. And Lord, I pray, would you just come now, Lord, and give each person in this room fresh grace, Lord God. Father, just fill them with your spirit afresh, Lord, and help them, Lord God, to, to just know your love afresh this morning. Come, Lord, thank you that you love them with an everlasting love. And I pray that each person in this room, whether they know you or not, Lord God, would know your love for them. Come, Lord. Have your way in us, I pray. Amen. Amen. The second area is in our serving. I believe, you know, as a church, we serve each other and our community in so many areas already. And on behalf of uh, Chris, uh, Duncan, myself, I just want to thank you all who serve so faithfully and continually in groups like the Freedom Group, the Hub, Checkmates, Christchurch Cycle Group, Stitch Together, The Call, Aspire, Deeper Group, CMA, Keys, Food Bank, there's caretakers here, there's car parking and setup teams, there's welcome teams, there's tea and coffee teams, there's those who administer the Lord's Supper to us faithfully each month, there's a PA guys and the AV uh, guys, there's little gems, there's baby gems, there's kids work, youth work, life group leaders, youth life group leaders, healing house team, love Helsham, healing house on the streets team, there's a worship group, there's trustees, there's those who host, and even those who preach amongst us as well. Well done for serving God so faithfully in all these areas. No, God sees, sometimes we think, oh, no one notices. God sees everything that you do for him. And let us take courage from the Apostle Paul's words to us, where he says, let us not grow weary of doing good. He says, Don't grow, let's not grow weary, because there's a temptation to grow weary. We do naturally grow weary, but he says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So whatever you do, he goes on to say in, in Colossians, in another book, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive, a uh, uh, receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. As you serve his people, as you do what God encourages you to do, you are serving him. I believe even now the Holy Spirit is just stirring some of you to think, yeah, actually... God, I know you're calling me to serve afresh in, in this area or, or that area. 
For some of you, it may even be God's calling you to, to serve in, in, a, in, a, in more areas as well. My friends, listen to him. Remember, he always has the best for you. It's for your advantage that he wants you to do these things. It's for your good and for the good of others. For others of you, you're weary. You are weary in, in doing what you've done. I believe there's fresh grace for you this morning from heaven to help you not grow weary as you serve God. And for others, some of you are weary because actually you, you keep doing the same thing and God is saying, no, 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 it's time to lay that one down. I've got a new thing for you to be doing this year. This year, I believe God is wanting to do a deeper work in our faith, our trust, and our living for the age to come as the Holy Spirit addresses this whole area of giving to God. No longer just giving our loose change to, to God or when we're here just giving something, but making it first in our thinking of being cheerful givers to the work of God and to, to the church, knowing that the more that we give, actually the more it will enable us to share the love of Jesus here and in the nations as well. It's going to be an exciting year for some of you as you learn, as you take greater faith steps in trusting God in this area. Yes, of course, there is another gift day coming as well towards the future works uh, that we believe God is wanting us to do. And hopefully, uh, over the coming months, I'll be able to give you a little bit more specific detail on that. I can't publicly uh, uh, at, at the moment. Uh, but of course, there's also some loan repayments as, as well from uh, members that we uh, receive money to help us build all, all that we have and all that we enjoy as a church as well. Generously gave us interest-free loans that we need to, we need to honour and repay in good time. So we have gift days on the 5th and the 12th of May. And this year, as we prayed about it, we are believing God for £75,000 that he's going to bring amongst us, which is, which is no small amount. But as you know, we like to tell you here, nice and early in, in January, so that you, in the quietness of your own home, where there's no hype, where there's no pressure, you can seek God by yourself. Or if you're married, you can seek God with your spouse as to what is God calling you to give. Not me, what is God calling you to give towards this. And together, as we all are obedient to what God puts on our heart, we will see God meet us and meet this target in amazing ways, as we have year upon year upon year. Amen? Amen. And the final area that I believe God is wanting to uh, um, turn up the heat on this year, as we do these three, three things, I believe he's wanting to uh, grow us more as a church as well. I believe he's wanting to grow our influence in this town in terms of in the council, in the schools, in the estates, in the marginalized and the needy of this area. I believe God is going to increase our fruitfulness and we're going to see people saved and added into this church over the course of this year. Expect 
divine opportunities, my friends. This year, you already heard about Love Helsham and how God was using the guys there. But expect divine opportunities as well. You know, I just went to the bank the other day, and, uh, uh, and the, uh, I was making a, a transfer over to Ethiopia, and the guy there just started showing more interest than he should at the fact that I was sending money to a church over there. So I began to, to pry a little bit and ask a few questions, and turns out that he used to go to church when he was 16 to 18. He's not from a a Christian home, and he's not really uh, um, gone on uh, with God since then. He, he's been to New Day a couple of times. He said, well, that's just an experience I can't describe. But um, uh, yeah, there you go. So there's a plug for New Day, an experience you can't describe. Well, that's pretty good. But, uh, um, and, he, and yet, so I was able to talk to him and just leave him with a little gentle uh, challenge because I wanted him to make my transfer as well. But leave him with a gentle challenge. And uh, you know, God is going to increase those divine opportunities for you this year. He's wanting to, us to grow in our influence in the nation as well as the church. Yes, even little old us in Helsham. You know, we live in a democratic society and we need to use our democratic right more to fight against the, the meta-narrative, the big story of our nation that is increasingly humanistic atheism that is the guiding philosophy for our nation. And it's destroying our nation. And we need to use our democratic right to fight against it and to promote righteousness and godliness in this nation. And of course, God is also wanting to increase our influence in the nations as well. We're going to have greater impact on the ground. Already heard that as we prayed over Paula, that then Duncan felt they had a greater impact on the ground in the work that we are doing in other nations too, and more of us getting caught up and gaining a heart for the nations of the world as well. Yes, there's going to be trials, there's going to be troubles, there's going to be hard work, there's going to be blood, sweat, and tears along the way. But Jesus promised us that in this life, didn't he? But we're not living for this life as believers. We're called to be living for the age to come, the eternal age where God will renew all things and he will right every wrong and he will reward you for every act of service and step of faith that you have taken for him. If you have never put your trust in Jesus this morning, if you don't know him, can I encourage you, please come and speak to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you more about Jesus and what he can do for you. But can I invite the band back up now to, to sing our closing song? And if you're here this morning, can I invite everyone to stand as well? If you're here this morning... And you're saying, God, use me this year. I want to do all that I can to serve you. I want to do everything that you ask me to do this year. I want to give myself. I want to be that person who is living for eternity. And can I ask you just to put your hands out in front of you this morning, just as a sign of God, God, I want to live for you.
And just as the, as the band begin to uh, play, I'm going to pray for us. Because I believe there is fresh bread from heaven for us today. There's a fresh anointing from heaven on us. You know, we don't you know, have to dig deep in ourselves and conjure these things up. Actually, we need to receive from on high power. And then we can go and be his witnesses in Helsham, in Wilden, in England, and in the nations. Lord God, thank you that you are building your church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Lord God, thank you that you are the one who is wanting to save people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that includes us here in Helsham, Lord God, and in the surrounding area. And Lord God, I pray for each one of these people here, Lord God, who have their hands out and saying, Lord, use me. Lord, these are your willing servants, Lord God, wanting to go out into the harvest field, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, would you equip us afresh, Lord? We know in ourselves we don't have that strength, Lord God. We don't have the power to do it by ourselves, Lord God. But Father, thank you that you give us power from on high. And Holy Spirit, I just pray, fall upon us even now, Lord God, come by your Spirit's power and give us fresh grace, fresh energy, fresh ability to serve you, Lord Jesus. Help us to be people that don't get distracted by ourselves or anything of this world, but are people who are living for eternity, Lord God, living for that age to come where we will be with you, we will see you face to face and we'll enjoy you forever. Come, Holy Spirit, just fill each person afresh, Lord. Thank you that you have good works for them to do for you. Come, Lord. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.